Good evening, Meat Suits. A tremendous, mysterious process is taking place in countless hearts because it's Read and Weep, a podcast about movies and friendship. Season 5, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, our year-long movie-choosing game. And we're just four dragon smashers trying to trying to get through your blockade. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording, as always, in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. And I'm joined today from Southeast Portland. He's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He, he, he's here just for a spoonful of borscht. It's Anthony Lopez. Brothers! <laughs> Something I want to start saying every time I see you guys. Because you make me so happy. Yeah, yeah we're on the same side. Yeah. Are we going to fire? No, brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to fire each other. Brothers. It's cool. Yeah. Also joining us, he's the co-host of Old Gamers Almanac, the podcast. He's uh, re- recording in the woods of Brooklyn. With one heart, he decided to face the squadron. It's Hunter Donaldson. Yeah, victory. Victory for me today. I am victorious. I am proved right. I am proved correct. Uh, also, I want to be the baby in the baby carriage. Oh, mm. it's too bad. Uh, I Oh, I didn't end up using that one. All right, never mind. Um, I was going to use something like that, and then I thought it was too dark. Um, rounding out the panel in Northern California... He's here to take revenge on the bloodthirsty vampires. It's Ezra Fox. Here, I actually had an issue with that line because, like, if you're like down for like revenge, that's probably going to be kind of blood bloody as well, right? Like, aren't you the vampires as well at that point? You know, it's like it feels like I, I a little. Think the world is a vampire. Oh man, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> big. I, I don't hate that. Sorry to step on your line, Anthony. I know that's your mm. favorite game to play. Have I told you this? Yeah. Uh, Hunter, you were there for this, and I mentioned on the show before. This is a fun thing Anthony likes to do to me sometimes, where he will quote an extremely famous song, and then when I re- respond in kind, he will act incredibly confused, like he's never heard of the song he just quoted, which he did yeah. with The World is a Vampire, and I said well, set to change, and he said what? Well, I, and then let me text for an hour try to convince him that the song existed. Well, here's here's a little here's, it's a little game I do I do I did it this week to a coworker. Uh, it very, it's always fun to do, but you, specifically with uh, bullet with butterfly wings, what I like to do is when someone's complaining about something, I go, well, it's like my grandfather used to always say, the world is a vampire, and then they go, oh, I like the song, and I go, what? Like, you know, like the song. The world is a vampire. Set the chains. I'm like I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the thing is, here's the thing. I've done this my grandfather said to, all the time. Yeah, said my grandfather used to say. I don't know. Um, sometimes it's my great uncle, but it's always someone very old. But here's the thing. Here's what I have discovered in doing this literally hundreds of times to hundreds of people. Oh God. If you do this, if you do this bit long enough, every single one of them will eventually sing you. Bullet yes. with butterfly wings oh by Smashing God, Pumpkins. Yeah. The amount of people I have literally had <laughs> well over a hundred people go, you know, despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. And I go, I, I, I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know. What are you talking yeah. about? But yeah, it's but just night. I don't I don't think I could do it with any other song, but there's something about that song that if you just yeah. if you straight place it, it works eventually they will sing you the song. I've made so, so many people do it. I was on your it's side fun. with this before, Anthony. Now I kind of feel like you're a sociopath. <laughs> no, no, I'm with Anthony 100 yeah. percent on this. This is great. This is you're it's just putting joy into the world. It's not yeah. even a big deal. It's not a yeah. big deal. 
and you're giving yeah. people to sing. You're giving yeah. people an opportunity to sing. That's important yeah. to That's do true. in life. I actually like it's, the fact that it ends up with people singing to you. Well, and yeah. the thing is, I think subconsciously is like Billy Corgan already has such like a nasal. Like Billy Corgan's the type of singer that makes everyone think like, "Fuck, I could be the lead singer in a rock band if that guy can do it." <laughs> so everyone yeah, is like so willing. True. If it was like a you know a Mariah Carey or like a really really great singer, most people would be intimidated. But everyone's like that fucking second rate wrestling promoter. He was able to be a, <laughs> a fucking pop star. So can I. I feel kind of, I'm kind of on your side, Ezra, like it does, having been the victim of it, it does feel kind of mean, but you know, that's the past and what is lost can never be saved. So let's move on. Um, (laughs) Before we start the show, I want to thank all of our, our our fabulous meat comrades, um, especially Jono from Melbourne, who we'll hear more about later in the show. If you'd like to join them in fighting tyranny and oppression, you can go to metreon.com and we really appreciate everybody who supports our show. Hell yeah, comrades. Alex. All our meat, it only has uh, like larva on it, not worms. They're not actually worms. Just, just larvae. Stuff mm-hmm. you can wash with yeah, brine yeah. is what. Oh yeah, brine it yeah, off. Wash with brine. Just brine it off. It'll. It's good. Yeah. I don't know if this is maybe just a timing thing. Like like it's just it was a different time in 1905. But if your answer to why the meat is good is that's not worms, those are dead fly larvae. If that's your that's the ideal situation, oh, that's were, your yeah, they were living. Yeah. Those were living yeah. fly larvae. <laughs> Imagine if that um, had been chill with them and the movie had just gone on and they're like, oh, yeah. just that oh, fly yeah, larva. Oh, he just takes a bite of it right away. I mean, I, I think we all living under, you know, this hellscape, we all have our own fly larva, right? We all have the thing oh, yeah. that a oh. boss says that drives us is just, yeah, it's, oh. it's just, it's okay, you know? We all, right. we're all men and maggots as this I movie this power with, you know? is. This is a metaphor, I get it. Yeah. What is what is that for everyone? Do, everyone? do you know what your maggot is? What's what's your fly larva? What's the thing oh, that push you over the edge? Fly larva on the meat, yeah. huh? Yeah. Um, if Amazon I... doesn't get my package there by the next day. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to talk about this without sounding incredibly privileged. <laughs> Listen, if it says next day shipping, that's next day shipping. Okay, it's not two day mm-hmm. shipping. Yeah. Our specialty tea said that it was delivered at noon, but it didn't actually get here till four. And we checked in between and thought it was stolen. Yeah, oh, this I, specialty larva. tea would be one of mine because I think Mist Portmanteaus is absolutely like my. That's a right. fly larva. Should be called specialty. Yeah. yeah, with an ea at the end. Yeah, that was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's it. All right, time time so, to time to seize the ship. It's time. <laughs> It's time for segment one, the news. Um, first, a very small thing and then a larger thing. This very small thing is, um, this just happened to me right before I came on. Um, could you guys please explain to me why I'm seeing pictures of the jokester on my Twitter today? I thought for sure we were in a break between oh, jokesters. Yeah. Mm. Why are there pictures? Didn't the movie just come out already? There, no, there can be no, no. breaking in the jokesters. Oh, we Wait, must I'm have so constant jokesters. What, what are we talking about? Oh, there's like the, in town. the deleted scene from the Batman that got released. Is that what it is? It's a deleted scene. Yeah. Well, okay. So yep. spoilers for the Batman, a movie I really loved. But there's yeah, wait, wait, one. Wait, I, I gotta scene. get off of this for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, gonna, we'll, we'll give you a. We'll yeah. give you a this when it's time to come back. There's an obnoxious scene at the end of the movie in which the the Joker has a very small cameo and it's kind of out of nowhere and it's like, um, whoa, that's weird. Um, but. Apparently, there was a deleted scene from earlier in the movie in which the joke had more of a scene. Yeah. So with that scene, it would have made the scene at the end made a little more sense. Anyway, 
Right. They've okay. really so it was just a deleted scene. I was like, there can't possibly be a new jokester already. Yeah. This movie came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, and I mean, you of course you know, Walking Phoenix is your Joker, Alex. You accept no one <laughs> yeah, else. You've always said it. Yeah, yeah. You uh, said yeah. when that movie came out, you were like, "This movie speaks to me and my <laughs> moment culturally." That's yeah, what you yeah. told me. You you're just right constantly me. dancing down the stairs to Glary Glitter's Rock and Roll Po Two. Uh, Look, I just I, I, I think we've, now that we've seen him as a stand-up comic, I think there should be other. We should see him in other jobs. Oh, I, I agree. I think the next movie he should be a guitar comic. Whoa! Wait, a different. And type then he's just comics? furious because it doesn't. It, he doesn't get any respect from the comedy community, where he's like, "People love me, but the comedians backstage are so mean. They say it's like a prop mm-hmm. act." Yeah. Anyway, here's my song about tacos. Mark Marin called my guitar a gimmick, so now I'm gonna show the world pain. Oh my god, Mark Marin should interview the Joker. That'd be a great yeah, episode. That'd be a great, you know? that'd be a great plot your, point in my guys. new Jokester movie. Wait, Alex, do you know there actually is a character of the Jokester, which is an alternate Earth version of the Joker? I did not know that, but Hunter calls him the Jokester when he's talking about Joker, I think, and so that's why I was going with that. I got that from Tim Heidecker. Heide- Tim mm-hmm. Heidecker always calls him the Jokester. So what I, I like about him. it is that it feels demeaning, and I do think he deserves to be demeaned. Okay, but that's enough Jokester talk. Let's talk about um, r- the big news, obviously, is that the Oscars are happening this weekend, and nobody gives a shit. No one cares. Nobody cares at mm-hmm. all. Um, not even us. We had a yeah. little poll beforehand well, if we we're going to have a bonus episode about it. Could not try to care. They, it turns out they actually had to uh, cut an enthusiasm for time <laughs> to try to get the show in at under a certain time. They said we have to cut people's excitement for it works. Yeah, show. yeah. Nobody cares. I mean, like obviously, part of it is that nobody's seen any of these movies, but um, we couldn't even muster the, the energy for a bonus episode. And last year, we went all in on it when no, and yeah. people did not care much then. But it feels like people care even less right now. Yeah. But I, I mean, want like that's um, more excited a, a lightning bonus yeah. round about these. So about the Oscars, there's got to be some. Yeah. You've seen enough movies. You've got to have one or two thoughts. Yeah, overall, I. I just saw West Side Story finally, um, and I really, really liked it. Uh, I'm a little; it's a little bit of a bummer that Ansel Igor like nuked his career with his horribleness uh, between when the movie was shot and when it came out. Uh, and he's he's you know the biggest problem was that West why Side no one Story. talked about this movie. Well, I I mean I'm not sure why because the rest of the performances are incredible, um, especially the the cast for Maria, all the other like. The Sherlock's, the Jets, they're all great. Um, but to me, it's just like... <laughs> a little the, both sidesy there, but yeah, I think yeah. we all know that one of those is the good guys and one's the bad guys. Well, which one do you think is the good guy, Alex? I think it's obvious. We all agree. Yeah. I don't even yeah. have to say yeah, it's who, too, it's who too obvious. It? I mean, Alex, who is Alex, it? Who, who are you on? Well, I think... Who's okay, the bad so, guys? Sorry, your role. Keep I, going. I think... Um, <laughs> One of the things about this new version is I really actually like uh, what Tony Kirshner, the screenwriter for this, would have, like, added to, like, West Side Story. He really was able to, like, add a lot of great subtext about, like, he sort of places it rather than just being the sort of gang war. It's the it's New York City as everything's right about to be tore all the where all these yeah. people live is about to be torn down for Lincoln yeah. Center and that there really isn't any difference between them and they're kind of like being divided over land that is literally crumbling. I think it's like a very beautiful metaphor. Uh, I, I thought, I it, really looked, I thought it. it looked very good. I don't love the West Side Story story mm-hmm. um, because it's like Romeo and Juliet. Then? 
I love yeah. the West Side. It's a great place. Um, well, so we so I watched all of the best pictures, but the, I technically did not finish West Side Story because we talked a little too much. I went over my sister's house. We talked too much before we played it. We stopped and made popcorn in the middle. We watched uh, 90 minutes, and then it was midnight, and we were tired. So we were like, we'll come back. We'll pick this up later. And then we remembered the second half is where all the people in Romeo and Juliet die. So the best was behind us, and we were just mm. never in the mood to watch just mm. like Romeo and Juliet, just the deaths is like not an appealing yeah. pitch. And so I never picked it back up. So I liked the first half well enough, but not enough to be like, I want to just watch the sad act. Mm. I like these yeah. people. Now let me see them die. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not super fun. Um, I, can I, can I be, can I have an alt? Cause I will also watch this movie. Yeah. But I did not like it. Um, oh. I, I did not like it because I thought the, that the, there was a lot of lens flare in it. Mm. And it, that was so <laughs> annoying to me that I started just kind of like getting angry. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, I have a negative take and it's really specific and it's just mm. this one thing. Uh-huh. But that just, it just made me mad. I thought it had no place oh, like, in the movie. That's a, mm. that's a hilarious take. Well, I'm on the other side. I love lens flare. If yeah, you could well, shoot an entire movie where like it's all in the flares, I, that'd be fine with me. I just don't I mean, understand what it was doing. And sometimes it was on their faces. I'm like, why is that well, on? Get it off their face. How do you use feel, their face to act? How do you feel about Yanis um, Kaminsky's other work, Hunter? He's been Steven Spielberg's cinematography cinematographer since God, what was the first movie he worked in? I haven't, a watched a, I haven't watched a Spielberg movie since uh, Minority Report. So okay, I mean, he shot Minority time. Report for sure. I, mean, I thought Minority um, Report looked good. That was a cool yeah. movie with some cool I, shots. I liked it mostly, but I def- I definitely thought it needed more lens flare. Yeah, definitely could have used a bit more. And like maybe put it on the actors' faces, yeah. like while I'm not kind always. Of watching I want to know what they look like before I see them. You know, walk I want it to with... look like it hurts their eyes to be in this place right now. Yeah, and then I don't know if um, we talked about Midnight. Uh, not Midnight Alley. Um, uh, what's the uh, Nightmare, Nightmare, Alley. Nightmare. Nightmare Alley? Yes, uh, we talked about that on the show without off the show off air, but I, think it's I enjoyed off the air. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. that pretty well. I thought that was really well. well so shot let's and... let's talk about winners. It seems like from the rumblings, the blogs it seem to think that it's either going to be dog. Power of the Dog or Coda, with maybe Coda pulling ahead recently. Mm. How do you guys feel about that? You guys see Coda? I, I didn't see Coda. Either. None of you saw okay. any of these movies. I'll say no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I saw both of the uh, both of them, and I I really liked Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog is a this is like not everybody's compliment to a movie, but it's given that I was watching all the best pictures, and a lot of them went where I thought they were going to go. Power of the Dog was never the movie I thought I was watching, which is very fun and exciting, really interesting. Um, and also Sherlock wears these big woolly pants for the entirety of the movie, just like uh, um, chaps but they're woolly. So he looks like a satyr the whole time. He also plays banjo. So he looks like he's just from mythology. It's really delightful. I like that a lot. And that was one of the things specifically that um, other cowboy, homophobic cowboy called out about the movie. Sam Elliott was like too much of that woolly legging. I liked it. Yeah. I, uh, I really appreciate uh, Jane champion as a filmmaker. I do want to get around to seeing power of the dog. The cast looks awesome. I just, you definitely, I got to just respect her going from, um, was it at the SAG awards in which she on the red carpet said something about Sam Elliott that got like Twitter going about how awesome she is. Then when she accepted her award, like an hour and a half later, she said that disparaging comment about Venus and Serena Williams, and immediately oh, shit, everyone turned oh, on her. Jeez, but just Jane. 
just just within a hour, she went from like a hero <laughs> on the internet to a villain, and I love. Wait, what? What did she say? Was she running. like? They would have done better if they had been wearing more chaps. No, like, she said. Yeah, my main issue with women is neither of them were dressed like a fawn. She said, um, they're great, but unlike them, she has to compete against guys. So basically, she's better. Uh, was the, the oh, just a um, comment, just a very interesting. weird joke. Uh, yeah, didn't need to be said during your acceptance speech for best director. Yeah, what a um, weird, like, uh, just sideswipe yeah. at someone who's not even there. What Especially a like collateral you, damage for that joke is like you, uh, these two beloved American superstars. Yeah, when you grew up a rich Australian, uh, like very privileged woman being like, hey, you two, you guys think you're so great. But me, pff, I made the piano. I mean, it's just so a very this, weird. So this she oopsie aside. The piano? Oh, my God. Do, <laughs> she invented the piano, Ezra, the musical instrument, <laughs> the piano. It was very impressive. Very impressive. Jane Campion with the style that you can't cramp in. The thing I like about <laughs> uh, her, though, is that she looks just like Jane Goodall. And so now it's like all Janes are the same. I enjoy oh, that. Yeah. The Janeverse. Um, <laughs> the Janeverse. Um, I w- Coda, you should also see, obviously, um, especially if it wins. It's Coda is like just it's really sweet and cheesy, which I, sounds like an insult. But I love blintzes and those are sweet and cheesy. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like that. So it's like very pleasant. Um, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever as a plot. The plot is absolutely insane. Uh, I. Uh, yeah, I think I could do it without being too spoilery because you know that she's a singer, but it, like she doesn't actually sing really. She's like, I, she sings one time, and her teacher's like, "Oh my god, if you don't go to art school, you're gonna die." This is the only important thing that's ever happened, <laughs> and it becomes like that sort of like stand and deliver teacher pushing you to be your mm-hmm. best. Except that she has shown only the tiniest interest in going to singing school, so that part doesn't make any sense. But it is very <laughs> sweet, and like some of the actors are awesome. It's a remake too of like a Danish. Yeah, it's a remake movie, of a French right? movie, and French, this is apparently yeah. much better than the French version. Well, yeah, but. that's what I I love about it. It's just like one: how often does that happen? Usually, the American remake is by far the like worst version of a film. Yeah, that's true. Rarely do you see an American remake become like a serious award contender. So for that oh, novelty yeah. alone, I'm pretty guys. Well, fascinated they're messing by up because they they should be remaking all the bad foreign movies right this is what i've been saying we've talked about this on the show i think you're we should always be going out and looking to remake mediocre films or bad films because then you're going to be better than the original and people aren't going to be pissed off that you took this good idea and fixed it why we always remake the ones that are like this was this brilliant foreign film and we made it into a dumb american idiot movie this is what I've been saying. Also, it is worth mentioning that um, the directors of both the top movies this year are women, and that rules. Um, That's cool. And the way, especially that Coda handles the um, the deaf community and the deaf actors and, and uh, issues that are relevant to that community rules. So the fact that it doesn't make any sense doesn't matter at all. It's a really fun time. So anyway, okay, let's move on from the Oscars because no one cares. Oh wait, no, one real quick. His point he was said so no big. One froze. Froze. That was not yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, that was confusing. You want to guess me. what what movie Hunter was trying to talk about? What do you guys think? I mean, he's got to be talking about Drive My Car, right? I, I hope it's Mitchell's versus that. Machines because the only ones I know about are all yeah. the animated ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I know we talked about it on the show. We did a whole episode on it, right? But that movie fucking ruled. It does. It rules. Uh, it rules. I would definitely uh, pick that over at Kanto, as discussed previously. There's n- okay. Here's what I'll say. I guarantee you, he does not want to talk about Belfast. Licorice pizza. 
It could be licorice pizza. There's some worth, worthwhile discussion points Don't there. look up. I'm just going to read the other ones. Don't look up. There's no way he wants to talk about that. Don't look up is so bad. Saw, don't look up. And he's like, I love this movie. All right, Hunter, we've been discussing while you were gone what movie you could be so passionate about that we were skipping it was upsetting you. So what oh, yeah, movie yeah. do you want to bring up? Well, wait, wait. Do, do you have a guess? What movie well, do you we're think assuming, it is? Yeah, well, Anthony thinks that you just love Don't Look Up so much you have to talk nope. about it. No. Nope. Um, I was thinking it, maybe my, my serious guess is Drive My Car. Yeah, of course. It's Drive okay. My Car. The yeah. only good movie in this list of movies, in my opinion, uh, without Did having watched it. Did it make you want to buy a sob? Movies. It made me want to buy a sob. That's Wait, a nice. Oh, looking... you watched it? Yes, I'm so glad you even oh, watched it. Yeah, I watched the whole I, thing, I, or uh, the whole all of them. Um, until I, what I'm died, and I stopped watching. I, this is Scott maybe like I don't good. think this is too spoilery, but my favorite part about Drive My Car is that the credits play 45 minutes in. It's so good. There's it's a like 45 the... minute cold open, and it's a very horny cold open. Oh we my should god! Say. It is a it is a fun horny magical realism murakami cold open for 45 minutes and then the movie is just a different movie for 220 215 after that have you seen any other adaptations of murakami stuff there haven't I haven't. Been a lot, i've read I... some murakami and i do enjoy it but i've not i don't think i've seen any other film adaptations. i feel I like this, this is murakami. the movie i've been waiting for for a so long it's a murakami time short story as which yeah. is interesting yeah oh, it's yeah. a short, short story, story but a short long story movie called men without women okay and i read that one yeah it's it's from a, a story in that um a horny one, probably. But yeah, also, it made me want to buy a sob. Also, I will say this is a little bit of a spoiler. Also, is you get to watch the entirety of Uncle Vanya. Yeah, that the entire play exists you in get, this movie somehow. You get a Murakami adaptation, the best one of all time, and you mm-hmm. get Uncle Vanya for free on top <laughs> of that. And and on top of that, it's a production of Uncle Vanya that I would go see in real life because it's multilingual. Yeah, and that's a really cool hook. It was that's neat. I liked hook. it. I, I definitely would be interested in it. Um, <laughs> With every Murakami, you get a free Uncle Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just a, wanted to say I, that movie I liked rules. that a lot. I thought it was a super interesting movie. I thought it was maybe a skosh too long. All, almost all of these are three hours plus, and it just, it drags, man. It drags yeah, a Yeah, but little. here's the thing. Drive My Car needs to be three hours because you need to be, it needs to really hit you at the end of this movie. This movie made me made me cry big time. It reminded me of uh, you know that meme where uh, it shows like the Facebook um, I'm in this picture and I don't like it thing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about that's how I felt about this whole movie, and it really kind of got You're me. You're in my Uncle heart. Vanya. And you don't like it. I'm in Uncle Vanya and I don't like it. Please, t- Facebook, please take me out of Uncle Vanya, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really good movie. Uh, really touched me, and it was like I don't know. I didn't really feel like anything else was that interesting to me. Especially of the stuff that I saw, but this really got me. <laughs> the ones you didn't see are the one. It's hard for you to be really into. Dude, I did not need to see. Don't look up. All right, you I don't, saw no, you enough don't. of it it's, in trailers, and I was I, like, I'm don't out. look up. Don't look up is satire for people who post like Facebook stories. Yeah, that's right. that's who that's at. That's the level of satire that it's doing, and that's the one. So we did not finish West Side Story. We did not finish Don't Look Up. West Side Story. It just was. We didn't pick it back up because too sad. Don't look up. We turned off in anger, like. Like I, I, I clicked on a remote control back button. I I rage quit. Don't look up. I, boy, I hated that movie, man. Yeah. Just to see a satire where it's like this person has never watched or consumed any of the media it claims to be making fun of was just so infuriating to be like, look, the most on the nose premise. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? And then all of the characters are just super annoying and not funny. Oh, I was so mad. Oh, I hated that movie. 
Adam McKay is the only director who, as they become more sophisticated, they've gotten worse and worse at making movies. Well, like, so I, so I was thinking, I don't love like I, I could understand not liking some Adam McKay, but like Succession is incredible, and yeah, I mean, he, I really like, he is a producer on that. Producer he has, on like, that. No hand. Okay, in but that. he he directed Big Short. Big Short's great. Yeah, and this but, feels but, like he he got the feedback from the Big Short and was like, okay. I'm a genius. I can handle <laughs> any issue, no matter how big. And then I mean, just, but that's yeah. what I mean. It's like Big Short is like a pretty good movie. I really enjoy it. I did the novelty of like the fourth wall breaking stuff. That's kind yeah, of his calling code is like pretty interesting and fun. But Big Short is a horrible piece of garbage compared to like Step Brothers. Like Step Brothers <laughs> is. <laughs> Anchorman is a better wow. movie than The Big Short. Talladega uh, Nights is a smarter movie than The Big Short. <laughs> he is like literally as he's become more of a I, like I real filmmaker. I was on board I, with you the I, beginning. I, I like this I'm take. Here for the ride, keep yeah. going, but I'm just I've gotten no, on board. I, I genuinely think all of his early Will Ferrell comedies are much better, well put together <laughs> films than like his serious Oscar play movies, right? And this like the Big so... Short is the outlier, right? Big Short, you could make an argument for. I would definitely say any of those movies are better than Vice. Any of those movies are better than Don't Look Up, right? I, I don't. Yeah. I would watch. Yeah. I would watch Step Brothers or the other guys over. Sure those movies any day of the week one like, of the things if, if we're gonna talk about don't look it up you have to mention that leonardo dicaprio is ugly now and i think that's a fascinating choice he's made where mm. he, no because he could be hot at any moment but he's like only put me in movies where i look like trash that is crucial mm. i've been hot for too long i'm sick of it i'm either being mauled by a bear or uh, I you're just making really... me like that choice now i know isn't yeah, it funny? Yeah, as you explain it it's kind of great um, yeah i was yeah. gonna say anthony I, I, look, I'm not going to think this one through, so you'll you'll check me if I'm right or not. But um, <laughs> would you say that uh, like uh, like another part of your unified theory, I guess, of directors, M Night Shyamalan is the same as Adam McKay, and that they've just gotten worse? Oh, interesting. Uh, I mean, that's interesting. I think M Night is is like, I think. Well, see, I think there's like maybe hopefully we can hope for Adam McKay what like what's happened to M Night cuz M Night right M Night was ego and then he bombed so hard and then he's been digging his way out of it with well, exactly. like hard that's, work and interesting that's small the movies. great thing about M Night was like his his i think like Adam McKay the success has gone to his head he thinks he's a genius he won't got checked and then M Night got so fucking humble and now like the whole thing with M Night Shyamalan the his like last few movies right that's he finances true, yeah. all of his movies himself with his real own money which is something nobody does right if any one of these movies bombed he'd probably have to sell his house right so like he is like literally pitting his life and his family's life on the line with every movie he makes now and at least they're like interesting and kind of clever i would love to see adam mckay get humbled is my point here i would love to see him have a last airbender style disaster and that's that's what he like you know, go back to Will and be like, Will, I'm sorry I kicked you out of winning time. Can we be buddies again? <laughs> I need your Will. And Will is like, I'm too busy. I own a soccer team now. Hmm. That's a thing about Will Farrell. He owns a soccer really? team. He owns now. a soccer team? Yeah, he owns the, or he's a part owner of uh, LAFC, um, which is my side piece soccer team. All right, this is all gone. We were like, you know how you don't care about this topic? 28 hmm. minutes about it. That's how nice. we work. Let's get to what you do care, care about. 
Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> hey, man. Oh, yeah. I care about this movie. <laughs> One of the most important movies ever made. Yeah. This is very important. So we're going to talk about that in segment two of the game coming right up. It's time for segment two, the game. As you know, we're playing a season-long, one-year-long one movie game where on our turns we try to steer the movies via Kevin Bacon-style actor-to-actor maneuvers towards a mo- movie we picked at the beginning for points. And we will talk about points, just so you guys know. We're going to talk about points after talking about the movie. So we don't need to talk about this. We're going to have a whole pointing ceremony later. So first, we're going to talk about the movie this week for the game. Hunter has selected for us. No, not Hunter. Anthony, selected, Anthony has selected Anthony, for yep. us. Sorry. Um, Anthony has selected for us the 1925 Soviet silent film Battleship Potemkin, produced by Moz Film, directed and co-written by Sergei mm-hmm. Eisenstein, starring apparently Alexander Antonov, doesn't matter, who was in our movie last week. Um, <laughs> and I believe we are specifically watching the reconstruction of the Russian premiere version. Mm-hmm. Directed by Enno Patalis in cooperation with Anna Bone, uh, an initiative project of the German Federal Cultural Foundation, because there are like a million cuts of this movie. Yeah. And I believe that's the one that we have and that's so the main I, one now. I watched but. the um the version on HBO Max. That's the Turn of Classic Movies version of it. So I don't know if it's exactly the Whoa. same one you guys watched. But interesting. Um it's on HBO Max. Or on YouTube. You can watch this movie basically anywhere, uh, really. Um, but yeah, uh, it's on HBO Max. That's uh, where I watched it and really n- nice. Again, kind of fun to go into the conversation of last week where um, I can't imagine the directors ever thought this would be should be being watched in like. 4K on a, in a living room in Portland, Oregon. And yeah, almost almost a hundred years later. Uh, it's wild, yeah. Almost a hundred years old. This yep. movie. Yep. Um, yep. I can't I figure out which say, version this is, but whatever it is, it's definitely not as the director intended it. That's yeah, what I know. I gotta say, this fucking movie is incredible. Uh, it's insane. It lives up to all the hype. Okay. I absolutely adored this movie. I knew it was um, gonna be insane because I'm like, yeah. how could this movie have such a reputation? And it's a freaking propaganda movie. Yeah. Like. Yeah. With like really no, it's silent. Why is this movie such a big deal? And it's because at so many points, it felt like a movie, like, I don't know, from the from at least the 60s, like at yeah. times. Yeah, Except I mean, for the this, silent part. I mean, it's okay, so we, we, obvious we, foundational text. Right? We're going to come back incredible. to it. We're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this. We got to talk. We got to get people caught up in case they haven't seen it. So then we'll come back to all of the things that you love about this movie. So um, Battleship Potemkin. Here's my official five sentence. We'll call it five act micro summary. Mm. Well, can you do this one. with um wait before you do this i w- can you like play some fancy music and then every like 10 seconds just say one of your lines really fast and <laughs> music again? you know kind of I, recreate I, the silent film experience. About, i'm just yeah i'm just gonna mouth the words of the summary and then periodically cards will come up to say what i'm saying but sometimes just not yeah so you won't actually know what i meant um all right so point one of the summary of men and maggots um, which is a much sadder version of Mice and Men, 
where George just squishes a little maggot. It's like he loves it to death, squishes it with his big fingers. Okay. Actually, uh, men and maggots. A happy evasion of men. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And George is fine with that. Yeah, right. fine. Touche. Um, all right. So uh, there's some some revolutionary spirit in the air in Russia in uh, 1905. And that breeze blows right over Battleship Potemkin, where soldiers uh, get tired of eating borscht. Made with worm-infested meat, and so they don't eat it. Um, yeah. Part two, drama on the deck. The captain orders all of the no-borsters to be uh, um, covered in cloth and then shot. And instead, the sailors, they do themselves, they give themselves a little mutiny and toss the officers and the ship's doctor into the sea. But in, in doing so, their leader, which I believe was chosen by the size of his mustache, is mm-hmm. shot. No, but so the leader the was the was the actor that mattered this this week. Oh, that yeah. was Antonov. Oh, good. At least we saw him. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. was in that movie we watched last week and didn't understand. Probably at some point, was he playing one mm-hmm. of the wolves? Where was he? I thought he was. Was he not the got the drinking guy? I thought he was the remember. drinking guy. Oh, he could have been the drinking oh. guy. That makes sense. Pretty sure he was. Okay, part three. Sure. A dead man calls out. So the so uh, uh, the battleship, the battleship Potemkin, um, parks in Ukraine. And they put a they put the dead soldier with a dead sailor with the mustache. They put him in a tent and just leave him there on the on the on the grass. And that really riles up all of the Ukrainians. And now they're super mad at the czar for hurting this guy with the mustache. So then, part four, the the Odessa steps. Um, if you know one thing about this movie, it is this, which is the Odessa uh, steps. Yeah. The step sequence. So, um, well, for, what you don't, you might not remember is that there's 10 minutes of just Ukrainians waving at a boat. But then once that's over, it really kicks into high gear and a line of Cossack soldiers march down a very large staircase and just shoot people indiscriminately in a way that was not common in movies in the 1920s. And at one point, a baby in a carriage decides that he's, it's time to GTFO. And so he, in his little baby carriage, makes a break for the sea. Um, those, are the, if you know anything, it's the people marching down, shooting people and the baby in a carriage going like, I want to get out of here in Russian, um, silently, uh, part five, one against all, which side note is a very different slogan from the three musketeers, right? <laughs> Instead of one for all, it's one against all. It's just like, I hate everybody. That's mm. the motto. Um, well, I mean, it's a teen musketeers. <laughs> Everyone's against me, man. Yes. That's, that's the big <laughs> twist at the end because, well, you'll get to it. Well, so um, the sailors decide to kick rocks since they've got a battleship and all. Why hang out in Odessa? So they jump in their battleship and they're like, burr, burr, and they drive straight at a line of uh, bigger boats controlled by the czar. Who and they're, which, you know, obviously they're going to shoot them because they don't like them. But then instead of blowing them to tiny rebellious bits, the czar's ships go like toot toot, good job, bros, and then wave them on because revolution is afoot. And if you watched it, you have to believe that that was right. Yeah, because that's the point of the movie. Yeah, the actually, movie. Alex, what you just said very profound. I think you should always remember one of the reasons that I think it's important to watch this movie. And there's other movies like it to watch. Is that as cinema language was being developed when it was in its infancy, the first thing that occurred to us to do with it was propaganda. That was like Mm -hmm. the exact, the number one was let's use images to spread ideology and justify political action. Well, hold on a second. Wasn't first... I gotta win a bet about a horse being uh, being off the ground all at once. That was first. So that was first. This was like the second thing we thought to do. What if porn images moved? And And then third third (laughs) was like, what if we spread the gospel about the revolution? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, it's there's this, and then there's Avengers Endgame, and to be honest, I don't see the difference. It's all the same shit to me. What's what's amazing about this movie, and it's, uh, like like I said, almost 100 years old, but Mm -hmm. there is actually still, I think, within the, the propaganda film. I mean, one, all... I mean, most films are propaganda, especially films point. that are made That's in the United point. States. That's the other thing about Endgame, yeah, right, which is just like but, join the American Army. Um, yeah, or... I think what's what's so great about this movie is that not only is it like uh, propaganda, but it's actually like it has very useful messaging in it, stuff that can be applied to any kind of revolutionary mindset. Like I think that there were the the interesting little things in this movie is that even though it is silent, is able to communicate so many important ideas. Like, my, my favorite two ideas that this movie com- uh, communicates so brilliantly is, one, uh, you cannot reason with your oppressors. They will execute you in the street if you try to reason with them. Mm-hmm. That is not how this works. And secondly, right. and most importantly, <laughs> is that in any kind of collective action, no matter if it's 1925 or it's 2025, eventually some dickhead is going to try to make it about race. And you need <laughs> the shit out of that person right that then and there. I, I no like that part a lot. It. No there fucking was, yeah. saying we got to hear them out. No, oh, right. what about the tolerant left? No, you punch right. that fucker right in his face. The so just to explain what Anthony was talking about, there is a moment in Act 3 or 4 three? where three. they're getting all the Ukrainians yeah. riled up, and everyone is like, yeah, we have to stop. we got to fight the oppressors. we got to fight the oppressors. And then one guy goes, could we fight the Jews instead? And then everyone's like, no, and they beat the crap out of that guy, which is the <laughs> yeah. correct action. I, yeah, uh, I was really like, was not sure yeah. yeah if I saw that right. But I was like, okay, this, am I getting the right read of this? This seems yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Yeah, especially because this movie was like re-edited and put out by German propaganda people in 1925. And so it seems like maybe they took a different message from that scene. But Mm. uh, yeah, it was a good, just a good not taking shit from that guy, not letting him try to distract you. Yeah, they just immediately jumped that guy. And that's fucking awesome. That's a great... Great yeah. sequence in this movie, but yeah, it is because I mean, having been on the internet for a while, I feel like, especially like YouTube comments and stuff, it's like that guy shows up on every video. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. everywhere. And I, he doesn't get beaten up fast enough in modern life. Yeah, yeah and true. I loved that about that was probably my second favorite sequence in this movie, behind obviously the most famous sequence from the movie, which is yeah the Odessa step sequence. Which is, I mean. I mean, like I said earlier, this movie is such a foundational text. Yeah, that's cinema. the right word for it. Because, um, like, basically, this like in- invented editing in a lot, like a lot editing. of modern editing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's fun to see him like stuff that obviously didn't work, but it's like they were just throwing stuff at the wall. There's certain things that are like almost a little too cute. Like at the very end of the sequence, there's these um, there's these three tiger statues at the bottom of the steps, and one is laying down, one is like kind of half up, and the other is like yeah. standing tall with like a shocked look on its face. 
Right. And they edit them in quick succession to make it look like the tiger is standing up and the angry. The tiger has right? gotten up and gotten involved in this march. You're it's, having it's so really... much fun with their new trick that they're yeah. having a little too much fun at that point. Yeah, it's, that a, is true. it's a really cute little moment. Uh, I mean, the, the foundational text part is like hard for me, which we've discussed a lot of times, which is just like, it's like they invented a thing that has been in every movie you've seen since 1925. Yeah. So it's not impressive except i mean if you constantly remind yourself it was 1925 i mean i think why would you have to constantly remind yourself though because it's mostly i mean like doesn't the movie sort of remind you of that and that it feels like it was made a hundred years ago but yeah that's true yeah but like modern but in terms of like this is an impressive thing it's only impressive in the context of the year as far as like watching a movie it's not that much movie to watch yo i I don't know alex i don't even know how the cameras worked you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm watching it being like, dude, I don't even know how any of this is set yeah, up the I way mean, it is. These, and they're able to these were all hand cranked cameras, right? right? So somebody had to sit there and like make sure they cranked at the exact same speed every single time to keep the steady, yeah. consistent frame rate stuff. But then, right. yo, I heard like, I heard recently that in modern cinema, they're like, don't shoot on a boat. Like that's like a rule that we still have today. And I thought we were pretty good at like camera stuff. They did it a hundred years ago on a boat. That's nice. I think the Odessa step sequence, even minus that stuff, it's I think it is personally, I found it impressive still just for the sheer scale of it. I mean, for nineteen twenty five, that scale is the scale of this whole movie is insane. Because yeah. um, when there's a big. crowd shot, it's not one person and then George Lucas CG'd it to look like a thousand people. Yeah, yeah. They got so many people to just be in this movie and walk by the camera looking a little beleaguered. Yeah. There are so many boats and every one of those boats is an actual boat that they right. had to lease yeah, yeah. for See, the You the get week. it, Alex. You're there's trying a to lot of like boats. you don't get it, but you do yeah. get it when you're saying that like this is like cinema before they knew that you could just do a bunch of tricks and shortcuts so they were just like we gotta have a bunch of boats which means i don't know we gotta get a bunch of boats i guess there's no other way to do that we have to get hundreds and hundreds of extras i mean the odessa step sequence one i think those steps are like 12 miles long they're like those steps at universal studios apparently (laughs) the ones that just go on forever Uh oh yeah there's so Uh, many uh yeah escalators yeah yeah, a uh, a stairmaster but you're walking the wrong way on it yeah, goes on for so long. There are so many extras. Um, yeah. There's so many little stories that happen within that sequence, right? And again, you're doing this entirely with no no audios and like no you know dialogue or anything like that. This was you know obviously people didn't understand the way faces were caught on camera because silent film acting is very very different than modern acting, obviously. Um, but I think yeah, like, it's much the, quieter. Yeah, but like the performances in this are still very like, no, they're very big, they're very theatrical. But like they they are really communicating a lot there. It's just mm-hmm. I was, I, I think the ending of this movie is kind of it kind of has um to tie it back to the origins of the show. It's almost like the Twilight books. Like it kind of builds no. towards this big battle, then everyone just sort of talks it out and goes home. Uh, yeah, so mm, the ending of this movie is a little anticlimactic. But the Odessa step sequence, I think, is I still I think even today, I think that's one of the most impressive sequences I've ever seen in a movie. This is how I feel about it, is that there are some there's clearly some impressive technique going on. That sequence is amazing. There are a couple of amazing sequences. 
it doesn't it doesn't really it's not a lot of story it's just telling you how to feel over and over and over again and specifically it feels a lot like when i was in my like film 101 class in college where we had to where we watched like a uh, Nazi Riefenstahl documentary, like uh, propaganda film. Mm. It just feels a lot like that. And I, you know, like, like this massacre on the Odessa steps did not happen. And this movie was so good that a lot of people think it happened. Like it's right. well, like people mm. go there to, as a memorial to the people who died for mm. fake in a movie because it was such good propaganda. And so I right. did feel just to, a to be little, fair, Alex, they're all dead now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Wow, you watch movies yeah. with a fucked up eye, as you do <laughs> not look, have this fun. Is, this, <laughs> yeah, that, sure. That that bad that golden retriever can dunk now, but their lifespan is only fourteen human years. So no every that, one of those dogs is dead today. Yeah, they're gone now for sure. Um, it's not wrong. I mean, it's unfortunate, maybe, but it's not inaccurate. But, right. Right. But it did just make me so queasy that like the propaganda part of it just made mm. me feel really ill. Not to mention the fact, which we mentioned last week and we should have said again at the top of all this, very unfortunate timing to be watching all of this. It's not, it's not of course, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. But and, I mean, um, I do think that there's a difference, one, to like comparing like the Russian Revolution, right, which was like literally overthrowing a incredibly like oppressive, horrible um government structure versus like mm-hmm. the way the nazis used propaganda which was to like spread hate i think there's like a difference between levels of like good propaganda and bad propaganda like we said everything is propaganda i think like i if anything because it's so removed and because like you depending on your political view i mean i know alex you obviously <laughs> were like they those guys are walking down the steps doing their jobs they want those bad <laughs> that guess right the captain of the ship what's he supposed to do he's got to feed his crew something right you know you just Look, I'm not, even try the blind trick s- they didn't even try to use <laughs> yeah. the brind they should have at least tried it and they could have confirmed it didn't work well, and then I mean, take it back to management at least it's worth mentioning that borscht is horrifying when it's done without bugs Borscht yeah. is always kind of gnarly, so I don't know how yeah, you'd even a, tell. Yeah, I, know, I feel guy. like at least he put a tarp over them before he was gonna murder them. That was a wild polite, moment, you know. Um, I'm not a look. I'm not a big czarist. I do think that that much has been clear from my time on the show. That if I was, I would have mentioned knowing that they existed before now. So that's clearly not a position I have. Mm-hmm. It's just the the style of the filmmaking. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Russian revolution. I don't know anything about it. Mm. I assume from the name czar that the czars were bad guys. I like, that seems clear enough. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always for sailors over captains. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I do like, I do like cooks, uh, cooks versus doctors. That's kind of a tough Mm. one for me. I do like both of them, but anyway, I'm obviously on the sailor's side here. I just, it just the 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 style of the of like the emotional manipulation of this. I don't think everything is propaganda. I think a lot of movies are just a good time that you watch in your living room. Oh and yeah, this felt like I wasn't trying it to just, say it was that. Like, it just made me my hackles were up the whole time that I was being lied to. Yeah, I think it's just important in that you should always remember that the origin mm. of the film techniques that are used were originally used to promote specific political feelings. Yes. That's all. Yeah. That's th- I but, think that's the only reason to watch this movie is to just remember that, that the origin point of a lot of the editing techniques that we still use today, the original use for it 
was, hey, let's justify this revolution. And whether you, I don't know, what I don't even, I don't know enough about it. I don't even care. I'm not even watching it like that. I'm just being like, yeah, remember that this is all about persuasion. Like that's what, yeah. that's what film language and cinema grammar is about. It's about, yeah. It's kind of like a it a, it a dub way. It's sort of like Inception. It's like getting in inside of your head, yeah. planting an idea, and yeah. leaving it there. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean, like. <laughs> there is like a, a reading of Inception as about like how films plant ideas in people's heads, right? But like, right. I I think like like how many movies have we watched? The movies that I I really love. There's a lot of movies I really love that are like entirely about one i mean any movie that features the u.s military is usually going to be some version of propaganda how many movies just alone in the last 15 years have had a villain who wants to tear down the system because of some unjust like actual good reason but the they, the movie goes out of the way to make him too much of a villain at the end and the good guys what they do is they maintain the status quo at the end of the day right that is propaganda. Any movie that celebrates cops or have cops winning at the end, that is propaganda. That is propaganda being put out by the state and people who have a vested interest in keeping the status quo exactly how it is. All Any that movie that makes propaganda. it seem like the things the actors are holding in their hands are really important. That's propaganda. That's propaganda. Oh, that's, propaganda. Pretty yeah. that's pretty yeah. bad, Alex. <laughs> we laugh really hard at that, actually. That was really good. Well, that's, like, everyone knows the original propaganda, the Maltese Falcon. Which you have oh, a yeah. on your desk. Right? I do. I, have, I, I bought in the propaganda. It was just when yeah. he said propaganda. It's just my brain filled yeah. with the possibility of portmanteaus for propaganda. Yeah. All right. This is not the but, point, but but also real quick soapboxing. Um, I want to like one of the maggots on the meat for me. It's when people clearly are holding an empty cup and acting like it's full in a movie or a show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's real bad. It yeah. I do, yeah. You, you mm. can just put brine in that, too. Yeah. Just brine it. Okay. Anyway. Put water in it. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. That's true. That does bother me when people, it's clearly like there's no weight to that cup or they, they move around too wildly, not carefully like you would with a full cup. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you, one propaganda. of your favorite movies is Apollo 13, right? That movie is a two hour ad for NASA and how great of a force they are in the world, right? Like, yeah. And honestly, is- like a lot of the, the, the stuff that like the, the, what came out of the actual Apollo 13 thing was. Mm-hmm a de-emphasis on safety culture because they were reckless at, the, yeah. at first and then it worked and it definitely led to the culture that caused us to lose a couple of space shuttles later. Yeah. yeah and I, I don't I, think I agree that, that like, I don't think I, whatever someone says everything's propaganda. I do think we should narrow down to a lot of things are propaganda. Mm. There are a lot of other things that are just, that are not. Um, but I don't know. Stuff can be multiple stuff, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Also, Things can, I be, think you're, can be multiple stuff. Yeah, stuff, you're missing. Stuff can be multiple stuff. Stuff I can say only that. be one stuff. That's not true. I, I think stuff can be multiple yeah. stuff all the time. And, you know? Yeah, what about double the, stuff? The biggest, oh, that's true. biggest sort of like um issue I think you maybe have here is that you think propaganda is inherently bad, right? It's not. It's like saying all art is political, right? A lot of people assume that means that like you're trying to say something bad about art. That's not true, right? All and all propaganda doesn't have to be bad. Propaganda can be a good thing, right? It's if it's used to like spread ideas and it's what you take from it. Propaganda isn't inherently think, a bad thing. I don't think thing, I'm the only know? person who thinks that propaganda, a word, has a negative connotation. I think you can have, I, like, 
something being political also has a bit of a negative connotation. You can say that all art has a point of view and that no one would assume that's negative. But once you say propaganda, I mean, we associate propaganda with bullshit, with people lying to you, yeah. um, to getting you to think something that is wrong. Yeah, and ma- manipulate you for manipulation. the state. Exactly. You, you yeah. can say like all art is manipulative, and you, but you have to understand that that has a negative connotation when you but say But no, it. exactly, Alex. See, that's how they get you. That's how they get you to think <laughs> certain things you. are propaganda, but the things they want you to think are oh, propaganda. Wait, so you're saying that so I've, they, been susce- I've been susceptible to anti-propaganda propaganda? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's, God. again, that's how power structures maintain their things, by making you think that these things are bad, but the things that they push and they want you to think aren't bad or somehow aren't propaganda, right? They are causing you to have, like, a disassociate like be in a disassociative state when you're mm-hmm. watching things like this. Mm-hmm. That's why people mm-hmm. can watch movies that celebrate the American military and think like, oh, that's just a fun movie where I turn my brain off. But this thing that is outwardly political, well, that's somehow bad, right? That's how they get you, you know? All right. Ezra, I feel like we have not heard enough from you here. Yeah, get in here, Ezra. Yeah. Did you watch Battleship Potemkin? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I again. This is um, the unintended, uh, never intended by the director. So <laughs> at two times speed on my phone. Um, yeah. While while it. on the treadmill. Uh, Man, so that I baby must have hauled ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the thing I noticed. Whereas, like, I mean, there are a lot of just shots like back and forth where you know that aren't actually. They're you know they're still trying to figure out how much thing to show a thing in order to like to communicate. I think right. during this mm-hmm. uh, this cross cutting. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, this was not the most fun. I was impressed, like, that, that <laughs> I was impressed that, like, uh, this looked a lot better than I thought it was going to look. I guess is one thing, just oh, mm-hmm. like one for the production value, two for, like, you know, just the, the quality, I think, of the, of, of the, of what we got compared to, I guess, uh, you know, uh, how janky, uh, I guess our, uh, uh, girl with character was, uh, comparatively. Mm-hmm. Um, like just in terms of quality of like you know, what survived, so I, I, it was a cool like artifact in that way. I could see like the through line where it's like, oh yeah, like you know, there were definitely like some, uh, um, I guess like big action set pieces, right? That like that carried around, that carried through, and that you could really see, you know, influence in this, you know, this montage uh, of, of cross cutting different things together. Um, that that was also very cool. I, I mean, I think like I don't know, it, like I'm I'm kind of curious, like what would happen, say if somehow film stopped existing i guess you know in in, in 1926 um uh, and we discovered this and didn't have like the um it didn't have any of this like historical baggage where it's like this is all the things it caused afterwards i'm be really curious like you know, what would we think about this uh this relic i guess um yeah. what would it mean then mm. uh, i would be dealing with whatever the fallout of film stopping existing in 1926 and whatever mm. caused that well, what if uh, vr know. had gotten really big in 1926 <laughs> that's what it was yeah <laughs> it was vr there <laughs> <laughs> like a kind of early Zucks, like pops yeah. in with. Oh, that's right. so true. If it if it had gotten popular in 1926 instead of never, that would be so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. Could you could you imagine? It's coming. No, it's coming. I'm an early adopter. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was trying to like put myself in the shoes of like seeing like the Odessa steps for the fo- what that must have been like in 1925, right? Like, and it's it's funny that like this movie seems very innocuous now in terms of like. It's it's sort of like very obvious what it's trying to get across and like all the stuff is so like everything in this movie is like what you learn on the first day of film school. It's so obvious and wrote, but at the time was like revolutionary. 
And like, this is the type of movie that they did. Like, this movie was banned in a bunch of countries. Like, people saw this and were like, we cannot let Americans see this. If they see this, they'll all become fucking revolutionaries overnight. It's right. so funny that like, like this That's had wild. such an impact uh, at that time. And like, yeah, imagine if you had never seen a montage of fast editing like this before. And you go in and you're like watching a sequence like that. How that must have just just been mind blowing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, it's clear if you look at the list of uh, if you pull up Wikipedia, Wikipedia has a list of not just things that were influenced, but even just like direct references to the Odessa steps. Like it's you can see how much this has mattered over the yeah. years. Yeah, right. And it's it is one of those where I've never seen it. I did not know anything about it. I didn't even realize this was the one with the baby carriage. But yeah, the baby totally. carriage down the stairs is such a cultural thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a it's a. Uh, play it again sam thing where like even if you haven't seen it you've seen the animaniacs do some version of it or something yeah yeah. um which is really interesting and so i do like going back and seeing all of those uh earlier things i do i i feel like like there were parts of it that are extremely cool but also just parts of it that are like this is a long time watching russians wave at a boat yeah. and yeah, it's a silent uh, movie it's 1925 like yeah. that's that's again I, inherent to the part of it you know I do want to throw one thing in there. Uh, one thing is that one of the um, story, one of the like almost parodies, or homage to this movie is the Laurel and Hardy 1932 short film, The Music Box, which I watched a couple weeks ago um, because the music box, which is about them like moving a piano up a very long set of stairs. And it's because we found the music box steps in L.A. We were in the neighborhood. We saw this like sign. that was like, this is the music box steps. And we're like, what the heck is that? And so we found... <laughs> this movie of them moving it up the steps and there is a baby carriage that goes down the steps and that. And also I learned, I don't particularly care for Lauren and Hardy. I don't get it. I, this oh, is, I don't need it. It's this not for me. Like. There are parts of it that I like and a lot of it that was just uh, oof, rough. Um, yeah. They do a lot of things where like a woman turns her back on them and then they make like creepy grabby hands. So it doesn't all work. Uh, it doesn't all age well. But mm. Basically, according to this list, anytime there is a, st a staircase in a movie, it is a reference to this. Which is interesting. Um, okay, we gotta start, we gotta wrap up on 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 the boat portion. Um, any final thoughts on Battleship Potemkin? Oh, I should tell you why I'm saying it that way, which is that it is written as Battleship Potemkin, T E M K, sometimes and sometimes T Y E M K. So it's I was just saying I was giving the Y full credit. There you mm. go. Potemkin. I like that. That's a good I way to pronounce well, I it. Why doesn't get enough credit just in general as a letter? So I'm glad. Yeah, yeah underrated. Of that, the flexibility, know? right? Oh, to yeah. be Unbelievable. Uh, sometimes a vowel and sometimes not. That's hard. I mean, That's talk amazing. about foundational text, right? I mean, the way <laughs> is where would yeah. we be about it? Where Mind would we be? Okay. Okay, Anthony, we read it a week, but we just talk about letters of the alphabet each yeah. week. Yes. You know? <laughs> we, this is our this is our uh, our our twenty plus week long yeah. project where we discuss yeah. all the letters in the alphabet and rank them in order from best to worst. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I, I think that silent movies are definitely like it's it's hard for me to get like people I know to watch like black and white movies uh, enough. It's a real hard sell to try to get someone to watch a silent film. I think. And I think it is hard yeah. to watch unless you kind of go in with an appreciation or so like an analytical mind. But I, I think that what always surprises me when you watch like a true classic from the silent era, something like like I mostly have seen um, comedies from this era, like a lot of Charlie Chapman films, 
Um, I'm a, a huge fan of Busta Keaton. Like some of Busta Keaton's films, I think genuinely hold up incredibly well. Just like the stunt work yeah. and the creativity yeah. on it. Um, so I have an appreciation like that, but I do think that if you can kind of get in the right headspace and kind of dive back in, it's so fascinating to see. Like we're literally coming up on the hundred year mark of some of these films, and I yeah. think it is it is so cool to be able to look back and see a hundred years in the past at how people lived, how they dressed, how they acted, the things we like didn't know they that they you know they didn't know they didn't know like how to act, how to edit, how to like do stuff like this. It's just it I mean, is we're very very cool. the hundred year mark for that cool horse movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We're like 150 sure. year. We're like coming up on the 150 yeah. year mark of that horse going clippity clop, clippity clop. I love how you don't even need to watch that one. You can just look at the GIF of it on yeah. a web page <laughs> right now, and that's basically the movie. That's true, that's the whole yeah. movie. Yeah, that's so true. Um, all right, so now we have to do. Uh, we got to do some business now. The second half. Yeah. Now it is yes. time for our first ever in season five pointing ceremony. So I need everybody, please point at Hunter. Yeah, point at me. You're getting you're you're being appointed. Okay, so I'm Hunter, you are hereby point. awarded by the authority granted me by the Kevin Bacon Exquisite Corpse Bank ten entire points. You wow. get ten bacon bucks, ten points. Spend them as you will. Um, good work, um, Ezra. As the official score reader, what does that do to our scores for season five? So far, uh, in last place, Alex zero yep. points. Rough. In last but, place, sure. Ezra zero points. In uh, last also place, true. Anthony, oh, zero points so far. Tied for and right tied now for last. Yeah. And Hunter, 10 points. Wow. 10 that's points. incredible. Now, Hunter, now, you, you have a brief window that exists now yeah. and only now okay. in which you can divide and exchange those points and distribute them as you see fit. Well, let's How talk would you about like it. to do so? So if I just kept all 10 of these points, I would probably win the game, right? I mean, well, we'd, take we'd, a probably, we'd probably band together. Yes. I, you would risk. I and mean, just, certainly I would throw you in the sea. Right. And so I do course, feel I, like my fellow comrades would join with me to just make sure that you don't win. It's true. I just wanted to entertain the possibility so that you all feel gratitude that I don't do that. You okay, know so what I mean? I do, do want to also say, you know, no, I, I love that version of play. But I do want to also say for uh, the people listening at home, of course, each of us picked a movie at the beginning of the season. Um, Hunter picked Battleship Potemkin. Anthony picked Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Ezra picked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I picked The Cable Guy. And if we get to any of those movies through this method, the person who selected the movie gets five points. But because Hunter's was such a bad choice, we all agreed that he could have ten instead. So that's why he's right. been given ten points. And okay, they'll, no. never, they'll never do it again, no, no matter what I say. Yeah, I that was definitely it, a mistake. Because what we should have realized was yours being a bad idea is what made it fun to try to get it exactly right yeah. so you doubled us up with those points anyway you got your 10 points and you have made previously on the show some agreements to distribute those points how are you going to do it Ezra I'd like to talk about giving Anthony two points mm. yeah I think that's well, a good that was point. a short discussion mm. and then we split <laughs> the eight basically between the two of us so we each get four points Anthony gets two points uh, I like that okay um. <laughs> What? Well, oh, I was going to say one, one other thing. I would say, would you be down if we shaved off another uh, total of a half a point from between the both of us? Right. So we get, can't do half uh, points. What? It's only whole points. Wait, oh we just, Ezra, we're just wondering about that. Did we agree on that? Is there a reason for that? Can we vote? I, I just like think, what are we doing at that point? What? Not to yeah. use points again. Yeah, can we're we not say do, points I don't want to do half. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to do. Here's why I don't want to do half points is because five is actually an interesting amount of points to receive 
um, as far as deal-making goes, because it's an odd number. And if we allow half points, then I feel like the deal-making gets a little less interesting. Now, yeah. obviously, I got the benefit of having an even number for deal-making, which I should never receive that benefit again. I mean, frankly, it no, was a we, huge mistake. We all agree that was an oopsie. Yeah. But what, what, are, what are you proposing, Ezra? Well, I was just recognizing that, like, like I, I like fairness, and I think this would not have happened had Alex not actually been able to find... Uh, girl uh with uh, with true. character right and so i wanted to recognize that in some way i yeah, okay. i would like to also point out that alex did everything he could to sabotage this from happening <laughs> he did a lot and he did a lot that could be why he was talking about yeah. a half point not a full point yeah 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 you know I, how about this how about this just to show that what i play for is the love of the game and no other reason I will give one of my four points to alex Whoa. so technically as you would be in the lead Wait, so you're talking about giving... Wait, wait, wait. In this situation, you're giving Ezra five? No, I Ezra got four. four. Ezra's four. Ezra gets four. Anthony gets one, and I would get one? I get no, two. Anthony gets yeah, two. two. You get one, Alex, and I will have three. Yep. I will technically be in second wow. place in spite of being the only yeah. movie that has been scored. But I only did it to prove I could. I did not do it <laughs> right. for the points. I did it for the love of the game, and I want to prove I that would, by I handing I would also like to remind point. you that the points... We do not have a value for them either. So you could be doing it for the points, and it's just as much for the love of the game. In fact, the points could nope. just be a, a system for determining how much you love the game. In fact, I think I think it's beautiful that Ezra ends up with the most points in the deal because Ezra was open to making deals, which is what made this all happen. Mm, that's so true. I feel you, like... you saw how when you said, "Can we give Anthony?" and you said, "Yep." Before you even finished, <laughs> Ezra's down yep. to deal. Ezra loves yeah. being in a deal. <laughs> oh yeah, I, deal. And I. I well, also feel like it's kind of a humble brag for me deal. that I, you know, yeah. that I scored. <laughs> I think it's kind of a brag that I scored Battleship Potemkin, and I'm not even in first place. Like that's like that's yeah. some cool me <laughs> shit. If you if you've ever played Twilight Imperium with me, you would know this is like the type of shit I do. Yeah. Okay, I'm not surprised. Um, I will say uh, that I don't want your stupid point. But no, come on, Alex, take the point. I don't. I don't, I don't feel like I deserve it for this. And the way I play, the like the love of the game for me is about uh, authenticity and about playing uh, and and only having the points that I have earned. And I I did everything I could to find uh, that movie so that you guys could do it because that's that's the love of the show. That's playing the that uh, that is yeah. no special thing. That's just normal work that I do. And I would like to score points from watching movies that I picked. You know, I I would like to say here. I think um I think these are Hunter's points to give. And Ooh. oh, that's true. I guess we didn't I, talk I, about whether I, you, you were refused points. points. <laughs> I think it's this is Hunter's point giving ceremony. Well, yeah. No. So so even when I yes. say I don't want a point, you're like, then we have to make a rule that you can't yeah. stop receiving. I'm just, it. I'm what just I do, saying, you're gonna find a way to make the rules not yeah, help me. I think that would be uh. hilarious if you can't refuse points in in yeah. our system. And I would you love to Alex to end this year with one point. I think <laughs> would be real salty oh this is brutal I think that okay. would be some <laughs> new rule can't refuse points All if someone right. gives you yeah. points you have to take them so that's one point for okay, so is this the official distribution hunter because remember you are doing this it's not ezra's choice this is just with like you're doing your it points. and this is what i want so you're giving ezra four points for his help anthony two points for his help and me one point for my assistance yes and then i'll keep three ezra as our <laughs> official score reader what does that do to our score in last place alex <laughs> I'm glad that brings everyone joy. <laughs> In 
third place, Anthony, two points. And yes. second place, Hunter, three points. Oh, my and somehow, place. Ezra, four points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Very believable for me. I, well, I think I made a mistake because I think Ezra will actually score your movie pretty easily now, I feel like, but we'll see. Well, in fact, let's get mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I forgot we actually missed a step a second ago. Now I'm glad we've settled we the points. We've got an official score. But we need to rank Patiemkin. Oh, so oh, where yeah. do we put Battleship Patiemkin on the uh, season five master list? We have oh, 10 dear. movies currently. So this is <laughs> the 11th movie. Will it be above Transformers, the movie? Will it be ab- below the third man? Is it going to be in the middle somewhere? Or is it going to be one of the extremes? Somebody make a case because I will say top five top five are currently the third man edge of tomorrow. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Apollo 13, the life aquatic with Steve Zizou. I think this is a better movie than Apollo 13. I know. (laughs) Basically, that's just the script for I tell you what the quality list is. And then you say it's better than Apollo 13. I might have agreed with you, but I, now that you've made the case that Apollo 13 is propaganda, it's a much more entertaining <laughs> propaganda film. So yeah. now I think this should be fifth. I, I think the fact that, one, I think there's an argument to be made that every single film on this list owes something to Battleship Patinkin. Yeah, that's true. They all owe points. Every, every one of these movies <laughs> owes something to this film. And I think as with that in mind, with the fact that for a film for 1925, it did not have to be this entertaining. This movie could have been so much worse. But this I is think the, the this is the most intense curve anyone's ever graded on. <laughs> I think for a film starting with the letter B, this yeah. is in a higher category than we were expecting it to be. Yeah. yeah, I think that this movie. I think that the the, I'm not saying it has to be number one. I'm not saying it has to be number two. I, I I would I would settle with replacing Life Aquatic, moving yeah. that to six, pitting this in five. I will give I you. It's kind of hilarious. Apollo 13 is better propaganda, but I do think this is a better movie than Apollo 13. Okay, so my answer is five. You're saying five as well, Ezra. Where do you put it yeah. on the list one through eleven? So one, I love the idea that we can draw a straight connection uh, from like Tom Cruise's like multiple death uh, montage uh, to this movie. I think it's really fun. Um, and like all the other, like, you know, like uh, trying on dresses montages we've seen over the years that are wonderful. I, I love that. Sure. So it comes out of Battleship of Um For me, though, like, I um, I don't think I could do better than eighth. Uh, so I think it was worse than PJ still because this did not have an iconic putting on rings moment. That's true. No ring gag. No anytime ring gag. Some, just like anytime something has stairs, it owes it to this movie. Any ring movie owes that to PJ. Uh. We have two fives and an eight. Hunter, where do you put Battleship Patiemkin? Oh, I think it'd be hilarious if we were a bunch of pretentious dweebs and put it number one. So I'm going to say number one. Oh okay, that's They're a possibility. Worst. So um, if we add those together, we have a total of 19. 19 divided by four, everybody knows, is 4.75. Just slightly worse than Apollo 13. Battleship Patiemkin slides right in there to the fifth slot. Between Apollo 13 and the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, which I think, despite our differing opinions, <laughs> we can all feel okay about. It's probably not yeah. wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, that's honestly, fine. yeah, I think that's exactly where I. I would <laughs> it is, that's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have another bit of business we have to do, which is Hunter. You have to pick a new target movie. Uh, yeah, that's true, huh? I do got to pick a new target movie. Yep. So and you, you can't have achieved. Pick a- 
we've already done because that'd be too easy to score. That we what? But you can't like you can't pick like taking a Pelham one two three for example probably right oh, yes, you can't we can't double up and you can't oh, that would be you really funny we've already watched since we can't get we won't go back to it probably but um do you have a movie already do you know you're going to do this did you think about yeah this? so there so yeah I did know I was going to do this um, I had a couple ideas one of them that I thought would be hilarious is if I said hard, hard to be a god the 2013 version <laughs> so that we would have to <laughs> answer oh my watch god it, but a funny answer. <laughs> Um, I, I don't want to do that. I want to, um, this time I'm going to pick something that I just think it would be cool if we watched. So I want to go, uh, to my guy, uh, Juan Carway, and I'm going to pick happy together. Um, also be hard to get to, but at least it's in the nineties. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I, I mean, listen, so if I, you ask me to pick a movie, I'm going to pick a foreign film. That's just how I am. That's how it's totally, going to be. Totally. Um, I I am into this. I do think that we might have to use some cards. I do worry a little bit that this is similar to what happened here because I don't mind having watched Battleship Potemkin. I think it was interesting for me. I do feel like we had to watch two shit movies to get there, and it did kind of bore me for two weeks. So I'm worried that the moves... I don't know the acting no, there's some actors good stuff in this. We can get there. Like, yeah, yeah. Get, I mean, he's... This okay. there's an actor who's in the like the MCU like in yeah. this like okay. little we'll, we'll, we'll Tony little we'll Tony did the American work week, but yeah. okay Happy Together 1997 film um from Wong Kar Wai uh, written and directed by um okay that is your new official pick it is worth a measly now, five points that's fine how what do we do from here. So what we decided I mean, last week, I thought what I what our discussion about last week seemed to think was when we when the movie is scored, the person who is choosing next can either move from that movie or reset to a Kevin Bacon movie and choose their Kevin Bacon movie. Is that reasonable? Is nodding? Hunter's nodding. Anthony, yeah, does wait, that seem fair to you? They get to pick any Kevin Bacon movie, or are we going to go to the next? I thought that when we go back to Bacon, we're going to do his second highest grossing movie. Because Apollo yeah, 13 we did, was his first grossing. Or we did talk about Apollo's that. I think that it would be less fun. Um, to And also, when we talked about that, that was with an automatic reset as opposed to a choosing to reset. So I don't know if we would have to stick with that. What do you, what do you think, Hunter? I think that your option sh- should be um, any Kevin Bacon movie or something from the movie that, was, that we just did or... You play a card. I think yeah. those are three solid sure. options. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Well, so you could, couldn't you play movie. a card and do one of those two? So you could uh, like, the, you could use a card to travel from this movie. Oh yeah, like if you have uh, but, right, skip a movie or go go move. But yeah, yeah. Like so if my movie, if, if if my card said something like you know use a similar location, I could do another movie in the Black Sea or something like All that. All right, but just okay. So who is picking this week? Alex, me. So that does right. so, bias my discussion not, of what I think the rules should be. You don't get to. So let me let me just see. Just see, I got this. You're not gonna go from a Kevin Bacon movie. You're going to pick a new Kevin Bacon pick, movie. Yes, with a Kevin Bacon movie. movie. Yes, yeah. that was okay. my feeling. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Does that seem fair? All right. Okay. Yeah, I think that seems fair. Yeah, it's like you okay, get to great. kick off, right? You still get to control a little bit where the ball goes, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So this is like instead of doing a full. Like, yeah, I think that seems like a good the power doesn't get too OP. If you can go from yeah. a Kevin Bacon movie, it's basically two moves and it's too powerful. Yeah. So like having to stick to a Kevin Bacon movie, I think works. All right. Well, what um, are you going to do, Alex? You're going to go well, from so, Battleship Potemkin, right? 
<laughs> You're gonna use this mask. <laughs> I did. I wish I had like used. You know, I could tra- travel to the same ocean or something. I think would be a fun way to go, but it would require so much googling. Um, so I'm thinking that I'm gonna do a Kevin Bacon reset because I'd like to get us back oh. into the modern times. Um, and there are two interesting options. I could pick the 2013 film Scum Rocks, the um, uh, rockumentary, the mock rockumentary with Matthew Broderick, which would set up a potential to go to the cable guy next week. But since Ezra is so willing, and Ezra's willing to deal, so that's an option because Ezra's after me. But I'll I make think deals. The, he'll make deals maybe too casually. So I'm trying to get be a stickler for for rules and principle. So here's what I think we should do. I think we should go to In the Cut, the 2003 film with Kevin Bacon, written and directed by Jane Campion, with a style you can't cramp on, um, as discussed earlier today. Also, inventor of the piano. So she's done a lot. Um, and occasional insulter of Williams sisters. So in the cut has Kevin Bacon in it. And um, it also is one move away from Ezra's choice. So that means next week, Ezra can slide through uh, Mark Ruffalo. Wasn't it Yeah, can slide through Mark Ruffalo to eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, which I do really want to want to see. And he has agreed to split his points 50, 50, although we'll have to discuss how that actually works since we no longer have half points. Um, I think it should be three, two, probably that's the most reasonable. Three, two, but it's up to him. Good. Yeah, yeah. I would take, I would take two points from this. I would, I would love to, what was, what's great about this is I would move into a tie with Hunter for second place. If yep. when you, when you pick that movie with giving me two, Ezra would pull out to an insurmountable lead. And, <laughs> I would get to watch. Uh, I get to watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and then it would be time for a redraw. So entirely possible that in the fourth round, either Ezra and I would be up next, and then we could go from there straight over to my movie. Um, we could watch Cable Guy next, which I also want to watch. So I think it's going to be an interesting few weeks. So that's my movie in the cut, two thousand three, with um, Kevin Bacon. All right. How do you guys feel about that? I don't think I'd like this movie. Um. <laughs> It's gotten kind of um uh it's it got kind of mixed reviews. There were like some really good things about the directing and the style, but some some bad reviews of the actual story. So we will see. But I'm interested because Jane Campion is doing, you know, doing her big uh Oscar run right now. Um it's interesting to see one of her movies and I've not seen any others, I don't think. So um It's got Patrice O'Neill in it. That's something. He also he's not in a lot of options. movies. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay, so that is uh, 5.12 coming up next week in the cut, which does sound like it's a gold mining movie. Okay, so now we have one more thing we got to do before we go. We have a very interesting Meat Buddy segment. All right, our final order of business today. We have a new Meat Buddy that I want to thank. This is Jono probably how you'd say it, from Melbourne. Uh, and uh, Jono says, I need to hear which Russell Crowe movie should be remade with him singing every line. That is how Jono's chosen to exercise their Meat Buddy I segment. Which Russell Crowe movie would you like to be an opera, essentially? Not just a how musical, about- not singing their emotions sometimes, but he has to be singing every single line, thus making it essentially an opera. Okay, wow. how about instead of options. remaking, I the only thing I want from Russell Crowe is them to finally make those Master and Commander sequels they've been talking about forever. Master oh, and Commander you want, fucking you want rules? Master more Commander. Yeah, Master and Commander fucking rules. It's a great movie. 
And God damn it, if the only way I'm going to get it is through making it an opera, then I will watch it that way. <laughs> I will be fine. Oh, if I love this answer. Not what because takes, you think not because you think it would make the movie better. It would just get them. If that's what it took to get it green lit, it would be worth yeah. it. Yes, I would be I fine with love that. It. Yeah. I love it. I I mean, my first and I, I think probably uh, only answer will be I would enjoy The Nice Guys as a an opera. I thought The Nice Guys was a pretty fun movie. And unlike a lot of the other ones, I don't think it would be ruined by singing right. and right. could kind of work for the, the sense of humor. Um, I don't feel like A Beautiful Mind is going to be fun sung. I don't feel like LA Confidential is going to be a good time. No, singing. LA Confidential, it's like it's like. Um, uh... Gosh, what was the Sunset Boulevard? It's like kind of same, same. Like it's an opera, and it has a, like that noirish vibe to it. I feel like you could totally okay, pull that it could, off. Could maybe I mean, work. I also think maybe Gladiator I, could work. Yeah. Um, I'm really Les surprised, Mis, Alex. Almost there. You didn't, you didn't just go with the mummy. Just him as Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde oh, singing. Yeah, Tom so Cruise true. Yeah, dancing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. 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 So, if we're gonna parse this letter um, from Jono. Him singing every line, I assumed, meant oh, Russell Crowe singing every line of the whole movie. No, no, no. Just his lines. You, this means just every one of Russell Crowe's lines? Then, yeah, the, that would definitely not make the mummy worse if Russell yeah. Crowe's Jekyll and Hyde was singing. Although, it would make more sense if he only sung as Hyde. Yeah. If, like, Jekyll was, was talking, and then instead of becoming, like, evil... Whenever he changed to his pure id form, it was just opera singing. I would like that. You guys, you guys ever see um, Darren Aronofsky's Noah? That's what I was going to say. It? it should be Noah. Noah. This looks insane. It should be creepy um, Noah, and I want the animals to sing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so it's required that Russell Crowe sings. It's optional that the that the animals sing, and no, you're going to go with yes. It's not optional. It's not optional. You, the animals will sing. You've All right. Never seen, do, they'll be singing. You guys haven't seen Darren Aronofsky's Noah. I've never his, seen like, it. I heard no, bad his, things about it, but it's not great. It, I mean, it's bold, but yeah, it's Requiem of a Dream. The wrestler, Earthhouse director, finally gets to make a big studio film. His dream project since he was child, a child, was to make an adaptation of Noah. And it's what wow. if the Noah story was Lord of the Rings? <laughs> um, it's a huge uh, biblical fantasy huh. retelling of the Book of Noah. And in which the entire last act is Noah deciding if he's going to kill a baby. It's very, very weird. Wow. Um, Did he have stuff that does sound weird, but not as bad yeah. as I thought it was from the trailer. No, it's not a very sounds, good movie. Um, I kind of like it's interesting. I could see a remake of Noah, not with him singing. That'd be fun. Um, but I would be interested in the Noah story. But it's really just about like being bored on a boat full of animals. With only your like siblings to hang out with, right? How much? Well, he brought his wife. Did he bring other? Did he his bring wife his kids? And his children, yeah, his and his, his children, his yeah. Family, so yeah. it's just like the kids have decided they didn't, you know, they didn't ask to be put on a boat. You know, all their friends are back home. You know, and like they don't understand that their friends have been sw uh, swallowed into the sea by a vengeful god. So the the kids are like, I'm bored. I want to go home. And then Russell Crowe's wife are like always fighting about it. And then there's like. They, you know, you always leave the unicorns behind or whatever. I they think this is understand a fun movie. in this one. It's a weird movie. They really know what the fuck is going on. It's a fucked up film. Huh. A uh, couple other pitches. Um, yeah. One I legitimately loved was 310 to Yuma. Um, oh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, so you get Christian Bale and you get this, you know, uh, an outlaw, Russell Crowe, like a singing outlaw. That sounds like a really good time. 
I do now that I understand that it's just Russell Crowe singing and no one else. I do also like that in Three Ten to Yuma, he's the only singer. Yeah, everyone else I, is in just a normal western, and Russell oh, Crowe is it. like, I have made this choice that my my cowboy sings. Um, you know, and, and I guess the same same kind of thing. Like if it was Man of Steel, where it's just like you just have a singing Clark Kent dad. Uh, I my think that's also pretty fun. Joel, I sent you to this planet. Um, <laughs> you guys ever right, see uh, Winter's Tale? Is like one of like the notorious really bad movies from the last decade. I, did um, you watch this for the show, Ezra? Did we read Winter's uh, Tale? Oh, oh. It's, yeah, I think it's, we read it. I don't think I was on the watch. Truly, the truly magical time traveling horse. Uh, I I don't know. It's about New York, he's right? like a, yeah, yeah, and this, yeah. Uh, Will Smith plays the devil in like a period film, but he's wearing like a Ramon shirt the whole time because like <laughs> the devil's out of time. Um, but that's a god. Yeah, we we movie. read Winter's Tale by Mark Alperin um, back in episode two hundred fifty three, which doesn't sound like it would be a long time ago, but it really was. Um, sponsored by Matt and um, yeah, uh, him Turn of the Century New York, Bird Bird Time Traveling Horse. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. My, did you have any memories of this, Ezra? I, I remember, yeah, there's uh, like like lobsters and, and clams and stuff. I remember there, there's oysters. This is my one strong memory from that book is that back in the day in New York, oysters were huge and we've just eaten all the big ones. But oysters will keep growing until you stop them. So they were just eating these like foot long oysters all the time. Oh. That's my only I, that and a time traveling <laughs> horse. And that's all I remember. And it's weird to be like that. Your first thing is like, yeah, shellfish, right? Yeah, that was all I got. What a fun remember. Anyway, um, yeah, you could sing for that. I think these are all solid answers. I guess maybe the answer is that there's really no bad answer. No bad answer. Like, also, I just discovered I did not know about the man with the iron fists, which looks insane. Um, oh, so yeah, is this... that's the that's the um, Rizzo's movie. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Rizzo directed this and, and wrote it huh. with Eli Roth. Uh, and you get Lucy Liu. Um, you get Dave Bautista. You get Rizzo. And I. Um, yeah, it seems like a martial arts. Well, uh, we didn't actually yes. say this. I don't know how, but obviously the least interesting answer to this is um, Les Mis. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's really bad at singing in that, so I would love to see another take at it. You know, <laughs> like, if he actually had to, like, learn just how make to that sing movie again, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Such an interesting uh, YouTube video I saw about this where it's like, look, he actually can totally sing, apparently. Like, he's like, you have, like, he's like, he was in a band before this. The issue, I think, was that, like, he. I think along the way was training um, with a whole bunch of different coaches, basically who mm. each have a different approach to singing um, in preparation for this. And well, I think no, it's like, the, that's a funny thing big, to do to a person. The biggest problem is that Tom Hooper is the worst filmmaker who has ever gotten a major budget. And he fucking made a horrible decision with a horrible well, film. Look, this could both be problems. Yeah. Both of those problems yeah. are an issue, yeah. but well, also what a perfect YouTube pitch is like, all right, here's my video. Russell Crowe can actually sing. Here's why. That's just the most YouTube video that's ever YouTube video. Okay, I think, but we've basically solved it. Almost any one of these movies would be pretty all right if Russell. In fact, what if Russell Crowe just decided for the rest of his career he only all sings. singing? Yeah, all singing, all dancing, Russell Crowe. <laughs> I like that. I'm totally into that. Well, thank you, Jonna. What a fun question and what a, a different way to do a meat buddy segment. I enjoyed it. Um, if you want to become a meat buddy or a meat comrade, and you can pick anything that we could that we would do for your thank you segment. Um, you know within reason we won't do it well right no refunds but you can you can ask for literally anything for your meat buddy segment and we will do 
some version of it. Um, so please do that. Go to metreon.com. I really appreciate John and everybody who supports the show. All right, everybody, that is it for the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back, back again. We'll be back uh, again next week. <laughs> next week, as we said, we're talking about In the Cut with Kevin Bacon. If you have any thoughts on how any of our rule decisions were l- litigated today, you can send us an email podcast at read-weep.com. We love getting your email. We also get feedback on Facebook and Twitter. But email is the easiest way to make sure that I don't forget to read it. Um, thanks to all of our meet buddies and all of our listeners, everybody who hangs out with us. And thanks especially for being here, Ezra. Always great chatting with you. And uh, Anthony Lopez, great chat. Good talk. I said it last week. I'll say it today. Das Vadanya, Alex. <laughs> and uh, our current reigning second place. Thank you so much for being here, Hunter. Yeah. Hey, I got what I wanted and I really appreciate it. And I'm, I feel good to have put everybody through all that. I am glad we have gotten through it and come out the other side. And I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to watch more interesting movies now. Again, this wasn't the bad one. It was the last two weeks that were not that interesting. Yeah. Oh but yeah, I'm excited to go back to. I'm look. I like a I like a foreign film. Uh, fine. I, I don't mind a silent film now and again, but it, it's just going to be nice to have a film in English again, just so that I can eat some soup. I really miss it. All right, we will be back again next week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.